Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Yesterday, Opera Theater of St. Louis announced some big news, the biggest gift in its 44-year history. We're talking $45 million, and this gift came from a longtime fan of the opera. Joining me by phone to talk about it is Andrew Jorgensen. He's the general director of Opera Theater of St. Louis. Andrew, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to talk about our big news today. Yeah, this is some pretty good news. And what it seems most remarkable to me is I'm told this was a surprise. You really didn't know this was coming? That's right. Our longtime patron, uh, one of our founding supporters, a 45-year friend of the company, Phyllis Bursenden, passed in December and left us a $45 million bequest for our endowment. Uh, we did know that she had a plan uh, to leave a gift in her will. Uh, we had no idea it was like this. We had no idea the scale of her generosity. And I'll be honest, when I heard this news, uh, I dropped the phone and practically fell out of my chair. Uh, it's a stunning and exciting piece of news for us to share. So you, I mean, you really were surprised by this. You knew something was coming. It was, it was the volume of it um, that was completely unanticipated. Yes, that's right. And to put this in perspective, this is one of the biggest gifts that any opera company has ever received. Hmm. Uh, opera theater has been so fortunate to have so many people who have been extraordinarily generous to our company. Uh, but gifts like this one come along uh, less than rarely, I will say. Hmm. Now, uh, Phyllis Brissenden, she was a longtime supporter. Um, and you'd gotten to know her a bit. I know, I know you haven't been here that long, but during that time, she was someone that you knew. So tell us a little bit about her. What was she like? Oh, she was just the most wonderful person. She was very kind and modest, and she had a wonderfully sharp sense of humor. She was passionate about dogs. Uh, I had the chance to have doggy play dates. I would go to visit her in Springfield and take my dog to play with her dog. Uh, she was passionate about the environment, about opera, about music, and about supporting the causes that she loved, although often very quietly. Um, Phyllis was someone who really had relationships with everyone in our company. She was very close to each of my three predecessors, our previous general directors. Uh, she was close to our starring singers, but she was also close to members of our garden staff and members of our stage crew, and she knew members of staff. Uh, she loved and was beloved by everyone in the company, and just took real joy in her association with opera theater. She often would say that opera theater was her family. Hmm. And I suppose we now know just how much she meant that. So she really, she really kind of adopted everybody. I understand she didn't have any children. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, Phyllis left her assets to uh, causes that she believed in. Uh, her husband predeceased her by many years, and she didn't have children. Um, but she had family, and that family was in large part opera theater, and we feel so honored to have been part of her chosen family, and we're humbled by her generosity that she's now left to us. Now, you mentioned that you would go see her in Springfield. This is Springfield, Illinois. That's right. Phyllis was uh, from Springfield, Illinois. Uh, she grew up there. She lived in St. Louis for a period of her life, and she lived in St. Louis when Opera Theater was founded. Uh, but even when she moved back 
to Springfield, she would come down and she would never miss anything at Opera Theater. She would drive down seven, eight, or nine times during our six-week festival season for uh, several day-long trips so as not to miss performances or master classes or board meetings. She was present for everything, and uh, she used to say her car knew how to get from Springfield to Opera Theater, and uh, she didn't let the distance be an obstacle with her love for the company. So it sounds like she went to just about everything. Do you have a sense of what kind of opera she liked the most? I think she really loved most of our operas. I think what she really loved the most were the young singers mm. who were at the core and are at the core of our young artist program. Uh, she, under the tent, after performances, people might know we have these wonderful festival tents in our gardens after the performances. People come out and enjoy a drink under the stars with the cast. And Phyllis would always be taking pictures with members of the cast and uh, we have these wonderful photo albums that she had uh, with pictures of her with singers and star singers and younger singers, and it's a wonderful way to remember uh, the love that she had uh, for singing and for singers. I think that was at the core of her passion for opera. And what do you know about the source of uh, what turns out was a, a pretty large fortune? Uh, it was, and it's not really for me to speculate about exactly where that came from. I know that at some point uh, in the past, Phyllis's family had owned department stores. Mm. Uh, there's also, I heard that uh, Phyllis's great-grandfather was Abraham Lincoln's law partner, part of the firm Herndon and Lincoln. Oh, my. So uh, this is I, Springfield I, royalty which, here. <laughs> which I believe to be a true story, though it might be apocryphal. Um, uh, I don't know exactly where uh, her wealth came from. I only know that during her life and certainly now uh, that she is gone, she was very generous with our company. Boy, that's for sure. And so we know that she died in December. I'm wondering, when did you have this moment of, of falling off your chair? When did you learn about this big bequest? Uh, it's been a few weeks uh, that I have known, and as you imagine, uh, or you might imagine, an estate like this one takes some time to settle, mm -hmm. and we have been in touch with the executor of her estate, uh, a lifelong friend of hers in Springfield, who also comes to Opera Theater uh, as we work on the details of this uh, wonderful gift. So you've been keeping this secret for a couple weeks now, at least from the, the general public. Has this just been killing you to know you have this great news and you can't quite just yet go around sharing it? it it is it is always tough to keep a wonderful secret, uh, but one of the privileges of my job in the last uh, several days uh, has been to share this wonderful news with so many people who love our company, uh, with members of staff who were close to Phyllis, uh, with the chairman of our board who was close to Phyllis, with my predecessors who each had a wonderfully deep relationship with her and really to whom the lion's share of the credit goes for cultivating such a meaningful relationship. Uh, it's rare that you get to share this kind of news with people, and it's been a joy uh, to see the reactions as we share this incredible news. Yeah, I imagine you've had a really fun uh, day and a half here. And I've seen, yes, I mean... Lots of people who otherwise are uh, very, very well-spoken have, have uh, let some four-letter words 
slip out uh, in the surprise and delight of this moment. And beyond that, I mean, you've kind of gone viral. I'm, I'm reading about you now in People magazine. I mean, there's been national coverage of this gift. Uh, we are not, that's right, we are not so often featured in uh, People magazine. Uh, Good Morning America tweeted about this uh, yesterday. Uh, AP, the New York Times, mm. uh, throughout the region here. Um, this is uh, an inspirational act of generosity, and I hope that our good fortune and Phyllis's generosity will be inspiring for uh, arts organizations and philanthropists around the country. Um, a rising tide lifts all boats, and certainly in the arts, uh, we need these positive stories of possibility. So now the big question for you and for Opera Theater of St. Louis is what are you going to do with all this money? It's a great question, and it's something that I fortunately will not have to decide by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, as luck would have it, we have just recently started a new strategic planning process that mm. will help our company map the road uh, for the next five years. In fact, up to our 50th season in 2025. Wow. And uh, that's a really exciting process that will bring together all of our company's stakeholders. And uh, we will now have this moment of possibility and we will decide together how we will deploy uh, these new resources. So what exactly we'll do, Sarah, I don't know. What I do know is that we will continue our commitment to fiscal discipline. Opera Theater has never run a deficit in our 44-year history. We will uh, find ways to engage more deeply in the St. Louis community to heighten our civic impact throughout the calendar year outside of our festival season, to heighten our impact in the national arts and opera community, and of course, uh, to heighten our commitment and to ensure our commitment to the very best art on our stage and the very best music on our stage during our festival season. Now, you mentioned you've never run a deficit, and, and that seems all the more remarkable to me because I, I think I read this in this endless press coverage you've gotten in the last 24 hours, that, that tickets only cover about 20% of the cost of mounting an opera. I mean, how expensive is it to put on some of these big works with, uh, you know, you've got so many performers out there and, and these wonderful costumes. You're commissioning new works all the time. I mean, this, is, this can be a pretty expensive enterprise. That's right. Opera is a tough business model uh, in 2020 uh, because there are no efficiencies. Uh, we have the great St. Louis Symphony in our pit. We have hundreds of artists on stage and backstage, all of whom are needed to make this magical art form come to life. I often say opera is the original multimedia art form, uh, and it's true. Uh, we need an, a unique array of people to make it happen. And because of the relatively short duration of our season and the small size of our wonderfully intimate theater at the Loretto Hilton Center at Webster University, uh, ticket sales cover less than 20% mm -hmm. of the cost of putting on our shows. Uh, we've been so fortunate, and we continue to be fortunate, that there are more than 1,000 households in the community who support our work uh, we've been so fortunate to have such incredibly generous supporters. Uh, but the endowment's also a key part of uh, having continuity and stability from year to year. Uh, we're incredibly proud, actually, uh, of the $35 million endowment that we already have. 
uh, certainly the addition of $45 million to that fund uh, will make our company even more stable, even stronger, and open up a whole new world of possibility. Well, I can see why you're in such a great mood, and I do think fortunate is is really a great word for Opera Theater of St. Louis this week. So, Andrew Jorgensen, uh, General Manager of Opera Theater of St. Louis, congratulations, and, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to share our good fortune with you and with the community today. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.